you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, December 7th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is how we like it. Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one belongs to the host of NFL Total Access, the co-host of the L Huddle podcast. She is a fan of kindness, of kinky hair, and kids who play for the Miami Dolphins. She is MJ Acosta Ruiz. Welcome back to the pod, MJ. That is my new Instagram description. Moving forward. <laughs> Voice number two belongs to the pride of Long Beach. He is a three Super Bowl ring rocking Cadillac Escalade driving Ooh. Trojan and Patriot repping badass. His name oh, is Willie McGinnis. Welcome back, Willie McGinnis. Plane flying. I mean, I feel like Superfly right there. What's up? On today's show, will Lamar Jackson regret not signing the deal that was offered to him before the season started? Who is the most dangerous team not in the playoff picture? And why the road to the Super Bowl just got a little bit tougher for the Buffalo Bills, who already had doubts creeping into the narrative. Now they have a big injury concern. We'll tell you who that is. But first, this. Hurts, back, pumps, looks. He is floating it deep for A.J. Brown, who has it, and he scores! A.J. Brown took it away from Trey Avery and scored his second touchdown of the game. Philly improved to 11-1 in Week 13. They go to MetLife to take on the divisional rival New York football giants on Sunday. The line in this game is a touchdown. Philly, the road favorite, favored to win by a touchdown. I think that's fair. Willie, you know division games are always tight. They're always tricky. The Giants haven't looked the part lately, but again, it is a divisional game. My question to you, how big of a challenge is this for Daniel Jones, for Brian Dayball, for Saquon Barkley, for Slayton, for the very few, fewer than ever before, as you said yesterday, weapons that the Giants have on offense. How big is their challenge against this rather convincing number two ranked overall defense of the Philadelphia Eagles? It's huge. 
it's huge because the Giant is on the other team. The Eagles are the Giants coming in, right. really, to be honest, with, with the way they're playing, how physical they are, how dangerous they are in the passing and the running game defensively. And the Giants just seem like they're depleted in a lot of different ways. Um, I think there's a lack of resources when it comes to playmakers and guys that you can rally around. And I think Brian Dayball has done a great job of being creative and using what he has. Uh, Saquon Barkley production has been down the last four or five weeks. And whether it's rushing, whether it's them targeting him in the passing game, Daniel Jones was using his legs. Teams are figuring that out. You don't want to put him in harm's way against this defense, who was number one in takeaways, who was number two versus sacking the quarterback and have him drop back and throw the ball 40, 45 times, because that's not the recipe. Mm-mm. They've dealt with injuries, um, and they've, they've kept it together. They and this team have exceed, exceeded everyone's expectations. I, I will say that. And, and they're not supposed to throw in the towel. They're supposed to keep fighting. But they have exceeded everyone's expectations. But when you talk about lining up and winning one-on-one matchups against the best team and players in the league, and you really don't have those players, and you've been fighting – to come back in the second half and, and, and finding ways to win, it is going to be tough. It sounds like it's going to be gruesome. I want to stay with you real quick, and I'm sorry to keep you waiting, MJ, but Willie, I saw you watching tape earlier of this Eagles defense. Give me a viewer's guide. Give me a couple of guys or a couple of things that I should be looking for in this game from that Eagles defense. The first thing is their front seven. They can get after you. They got guys like Cox, Josh Sweat, Hargrave, they got guys that can win the one-on-one matches. And they're physical against the run. I I watched them play against the Cardinals. The Cardinals couldn't even hand the ball off, and Benjamin was getting hit in the background. I'll do do an XO to show that today. He couldn't even even get past the line of scrimmage. It was a tackle for loss for almost five yards. Four guys was making contact four yards behind the line of scrimmage. So we talk about winning the one-on-one matchups. They do that well with their front four, and they have depth up front. Now, the secondary, I know they lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but they got guys stepping in that's making plays. They got two of the best corners in the league. Their linebackers are fast. Hassan Reddick has rejuvenated his entire career playing on the outside, getting after the quarterback. They drop him in the coverage sometime. They got playmakers on every single level. So it makes it tough for you to move the ball and for throwing the ball down the field because of what they do up front to get after you. Okay, the blood just drained out of the face <laughs> of Mikey Am, of sorry. David Carr, and of everyone else who has a rooting interest in the New York football giants. MJ, I'll turn to you now. We all saw what the Philadelphia Eagles did to the Titans yeah. in Week 13. Mm. 35-10 was the final score. Mm. They scored on the very first play from scrimmage. Tannehill found Traylon Burks. They did nothing the rest of the game. And that is a team defined like the Giants are by a defense that you can count on, solid if not spectacular, and a running game that you can lean on. And they got beat by 25 points. Do you see any hope for the Giants? I think it's going to be real rough for the Giants, to be to be honest with you. I think at the beginning of the season, we've, we almost came to expect so many of these games. Like, this is a game that maybe week four, week five, that the Giants could have upset the Eagles tremendously. In week 14, 
I do not see that happening, especially the way the Giants have been playing as of late. After their bye week, really, it was an, a turnaround from what we saw, that team that went on a run for four straight games at the beginning of the year. So I just think the way the Philadelphia Eagles have evolved this year, they're solidified at this point. We know who they are. Um, and quite frankly, there's way too many question marks around the Giants. Yeah. Um, and then a tie last week. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not one of those games I don't anticipate to be an upset. Translation, Giants fans, maybe find something else to do at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Next topic, the bag, the money bag. It would have been huge at the end of the season had Lamar Jackson finished the way he started. But Lamar Jackson's form has dipped. We all know that. It's natural. He's a human being. Ebbs and flows of the season, a defense that couldn't hold a lead, and there they are with question marks about their team. And now Lamar Jackson enters week 14 in an unfamiliar place, not in the starting lineup mm. due to injury. Because of all that, MJ, do you think he regrets not having signed this deal before the season started? Or is he still banking on himself? Is he still confident that the money will come the way he wants it to come when it, whenever it comes? Well, I was going to speak for a from what I've seen in Lamar Jackson, despite the less than spectacular play. Because I can't say that he's played badly no, this year. Exactly. He just hasn't been that MVP level where we were like, you know what I and mean? the context is we were talking three, four, five hundred million dollars. 100%. And players like that do not play average. Exactly. So it's not to say that, oh, Lamar is done and right. he should regret it. I think always bet on yourself, especially when you know the skill set and the value that you bring to and not just any offense, but any team in that sense, um, I, I would imagine that Lamar still, still saying to himself, you know what, this is just a little short-term ding-up. And it's not like it was for lack of trying on his part. He just doesn't have the pieces around him to really succeed um, at that level. But it, it, it's been less than thrilling, somewhat disappointing, to be honest, because I was really expecting it to to the Ravens to be more of a contender than they have been. But always, I'll, I will always back Lamar Action Jackson and what he can bring to it. I will too. He's yeah. so special. Right. He's so fun to watch. I think he remains my favorite player in the NFL yeah. to watch. I'm so bummed I'm not going to be seeing him out there I know. in week 14. But, of course, we wish him a speedy recovery, and we fully expect him to be back in that starting lineup before too long. You know, I got a flash just now of Hollywood Brown, and it made me think of Ooh. A.J. Brown, and it made me think of Tyreek Hill, and it made me think of all of these guys. Crazy. Do you think that general managers and head coaches and certainly quarterbacks who have any say in the front office at all are going to start to re think letting go of your wide receiver one because this notion <laughs> I mean, that you can fill that position with a cheaper younger guy i'm not buying it anymore no i no. mean it's crazy willie i can't imagine it's not a plug and plug and play situation you know it it, it, it it's hard <laughs> yes. because yes. it depends on it the is. player yeah. a lot of times you can get a young player and he can come in and be exciting like a jamar chase or a justin oh perfect example Justin Jefferson, right? Yes. You list the fine digs, go. Yes. Here's a guy that was a Pro Bowl player, one of the best in the league. That's true. And Minnesota decided to move on. You draft Justin Jefferson, I wouldn't say that they've lost a step or missed Absolutely a Absolutely not, right. Um, with that. So you got to get it right with the player. And sometimes players hit the ground running. They're ready to go. Other players take a little more time to develop. And I think in this case, A.J. Brown had proven that he was consistently one of their best players and best players in the league. And you pair him with um, Derrick Henry, and you had a one-two punch. Yeah. To move away from the one-two punch in this scenario where you needed to surround Ryan Tannehill with a lot of talent 
to be good because he's not the type of quarterback that can carry a team. He needs multiple pieces around him to be effective. So that doesn't apply to Lamar Jackson it in this doesn't. case because he's a good it enough doesn't. playmaker to make up for it. It doesn't because Lamar makes other players better mm-hmm. because you always have to account for Lamar Jackson on every single play that he touches the ball. He dictates the coverage. If you play man, he can take off and, and break off a 50-yard run. If you play zone, he's advanced enough in his passing to hit who he needs to hit, and he can improvise out of the pocket where he can run and throw. He is one of the most dynamic players in the league. I know he's a little hurt, but guess what? Kyler Murray was hurt. Kyler Murray had the ankle, the shoulder, missed time, missed games. And Kyler Murray got paid. And Kyler Murray got paid. So what do we think is going to happen with Lamar Jackson? Translation, Lamar Jackson, if you're listening, and of course you are. <laughs> Don't worry, man. You know the bag is coming your yeah. way. All in good time and all for a really, really special player. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. We 
interrupt this podcast to bring you picks and predictions for every single week 14 game, along with a little fantasy advice, because let's be honest, this may be your last chance to get in or stay in the playoff picture of your fantasy league, so you need some wisdom and you need it now. I have just the guy for you. His name is Adam Rank. Welcome back, Rankster. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure, and uh, I'm ready to make some picks. Let's start with the Thursday night game, also known as tonight's game between the Raiders and and the Rams. The visiting Las Vegas Raiders are favored in this game by nearly a touchdown. Let's be specific. The line is six. That's what the odds makers think. Adam Rank, what do you think? Who wins this game? How do they do it? I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders, 30-18 to over the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of people are overlooking the fact that the Raiders have won three consecutive games, second longest streak in the AFC. If they don't turn the ball over, they win. And since week 11, The Raiders have led the NFL in total yards and yards per play. They have been solid in one-score games recently, which was a difference for them last year. I think they continue to roll in the Rams, who are beset by injuries. Not a chance. And if you have Josh Jacobs or if you have Devontae Adams, very likely you are playing both of those guys. That I know. What I don't know is what do you do with a Foster Moreau or the other available fantasy targets, let's call them, on both of these teams. Well, last week we saw that Devontae Adams had 70% of the Raiders receiving production. I expect that to be very similar. So I don't know if I want any of the other pass catchers for the Raiders and for the Rams. Now, obviously, Cam Akers, two touchdowns. But what we've seen out of Sean McVay is that he loves to play one guy on Sunday. And then on that Thursday night, he brings in the other back. So Kyron Williams might be the guy to play. I would be very careful with this matchup with the Rams running backs. Deep sleeper, are we going to call him? Absolutely deep sleeper. And Cam Akers is fine, but keep an eye out. If you're in a desperate spot, and i got to say desperate, Kyron Williams is somebody to look out for. Uh, I looked him in the face, uh, listener. I, he, he means it when he says desperate. His eyes widened. A little bit of spittle came out on the S. Uh, if you only use him, if you're absolutely desperate. Next game, Browns in Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, who just took down the AFC top seed. So much so, they're no longer the AFC top seed. The line is six. Bengals favored by six points at home over the visiting Browns. Adam Rank, how do you see this one going down? I have the Bengals winning this one 28-19. Now, obviously, the Bengals are following a very similar path to last year. They were middle of the pack. People thought it was cute. Like, okay. But then they started to drop the hammer on some teams. And they've knocked off two teams that they beat last year during the playoffs during this March. Joe Burrow has more wins, passing yards, passing touchdowns, fewer interceptions, and a higher pass rating right now than he did last year at week 12 or through 12 games of the season. And we don't talk about him enough in the MVP conversation. So for me, I understand that he's 0-4 against the Browns. He has not played well against them. But I believe that this is a time for the Cincinnati Bengals to rise up. You talked about the Bengals knocking off those two teams. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Does he knock off that first week back rust and make himself a starter for fantasy managers out there, or do we sit him, continue to sit him for reasons of play or karma? What's the answer? I'm not touching him. I'm not starting him. I'd rather I'd rather play Tyler Huntley. I would rather go pick up and stream Jared Goff. Derek Carr, who's available in a lot of leagues for whatever reason, there are many quarterbacks I would play over Deshaun Watson. And to me, it's all about the run game and what the Cincinnati Bengals are able to bring with DJ Reader. Because when DJ Reader is on the field, That defense is great 
So that's a huge that's a huge issue for Nick Chubb, who everybody is obviously going to be playing. Another home favorite, this one in Nashville, Tennessee. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, depending on where you're from, in Tennessee to take on the Titans, the suddenly very human Titans after that 25-point loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. What do they do? Is it a bounce-back game? The odds makers say that it should be. Yep. Tennessee is favored by four. What do you say, Adam Rank? I've got the Titans winning this one 23-20. The Jaguars obviously are coming off a game in Detroit where they underperformed. And they underperformed offensively against a team that has not been statistically good on the defensive side of the football. But here's the thing with the Titans. Now I know that they just made a big move firing John Robinson. But they have a chance to wrap up the AFC South, which it seems wild. It seems early. But here's my thing. Derrick Henry has been a problem for the Jaguars, for a lot of teams, but especially the Jaguars. He leads the NFL with 258 carries. He's had at least 200 carries in five consecutive seasons. He's averaging less than three yards per carry right now, but he has faced the Jags in 11 games and has 1,143 rushing yards against them. He has 14 touchdowns against them in those 11 games, so I think that he ends up being the difference in this one. In an all-Texas affair, the Houston Texans take on the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, who put up 54 points on the Indianapolis Colts with most of that damage coming in the fourth quarter. Do they keep that momentum and blow the doors off the Texans? The odds makers certainly say that they should. The line in this one is massive. 16 and a hook. That is going to register as disrespect to anybody who puts on an NFL uniform, but it is hard to argue with that number on the face of it. Adam Rank, who wins it? How do they do it? Well, I don't see see the Cowboys scoring 54 points again. 45? Yes. Give me the Cowboys 45 to 11. Now, obviously, there's a risk of this team having a letdown, but I think ever since they had that loss to the Green Bay Packers, this team has just looked different since that time. And that's why I'm starting to think that this team, not that they're a team of destiny, but I think they they finally pulled it together. I hope that they go out there, take care of a team like the Texans, because they played so well against teams like Minnesota and some of these other teams that, you know what, you hope that they can win the games that they're supposed to win. And if you're looking for a fantasy play, the Cowboys defense and special team, who last week scored 20 points and they had a touchdown that was called back or the player was down by contact. This I know all too well because it cost me a victory in my tiny football league. But here's the thing. They are playing against the Texans who last week allowed 30 points to the Browns DST. So I think the Cowboys are a must play this week. Next game, an NFC North encounter between the Minnesota Vikings, the two seed in the NFC against the suddenly relevant, always tricky Detroit Lions. The Lions, not a misprint, favored at home by two and a half. Adam, I like that. I agree with that. If I were a wagering person, none of us here are, but we certainly want to help you with your financial situation. The Lions are favored by two and a half. I like that line. I probably would take them in this game only because I still carry around a rather large burden of doubt with regards to the Minnesota Vikings. And they have given me 10 reasons not to feel the way I do. What's wrong with me would be question one. Question two, who wins this game and how do they do it? Do you know? If you took all the Vikings one-score games and reversed the outcome, they would be 1-11. They're pulling it out in the final moments. They're winning these one-score games, which was a problem for them 
a year ago. I'm still picking the Vikings in this one. I'm going to pick an overtime thriller, 33-30. to 30. I really love what the Lions are doing. I know that I like to make jokes. As somebody you might not be aware, I'm a Bears fan. But the Lions have won four out of their last five. They have scored at least 30 points in six games this season. But you know what? I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on and just say that the Vikings just are getting it done as well. I think this is going to be the game of the week. With that many points on the board, I'm seeing a lot of fantasy options in this Everybody. game. Dalvin is a, is a must-play. Yes. TJ Hawkinson is a must-play. Justin Jefferson is obviously a must-play. I assume Kirk Cousins is as well. Oh, yeah. On the other side, you like Jared Goff? You know what? That is one of my top streamers for this week. Jared Goff, who's available in a lot of NFL.com leagues on Wednesday. One of our, one of our producing buddies was sitting there. They were trying to haggle out a trade. I don't know why they're still allowed to make trades this late in the season. I implored that young man to go out there and pick up Jared Goff as a impartial observer. I said, Jared Goff is a guy that you want to pick up and stream. And of course, if you have Amon Ross St. Brown and you're not Obviously. playing him, well, then something clearly is wrong with quit you. Quit playing fantasy then. I'm kidding. Don't, don't quit. I make a lot of money that way. Another divisional battle, this one between the Jets and the Bills. The New York Jets going in to Highmark Stadium to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by nine and a half. Jets coming off of that rather disappointing five-point loss to the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings. Mike White had a chance late to win it. He had another chance late to win it. And then he had a third chance late to win it. None of them panned out. But man, they are putting themselves in good situations. Nine and a half seems like a big number to me for a divisional game. Adam, do you agree? Who wins it? How do they do it? Well, I agree that the line is disrespectful. Nine and a half? That's unbelievable. Now, I have the Bills winning this game. Don't get me wrong. I, I have the Bills winning 24 to 20, giving a little bit of credit to the New York Jets defense. A defense that beat the Bills back in week nine during that bad second act for the Bills. Now, I'm not saying that it's the sister Christian scene from from Boogie Nights or anything like that. But that was a bad situation, and Josh Allen was hurt during that game. It was difficult, but listen, he had the worst game of his 2022 season against the Jets, 205 passing yards, no touchdowns, two picks. His passer rating was below 50. But the thing is, he's been playing much better of late. I think that they do get back and do get over on the Jets, but not by nine and a half points. That, again, disrespectful. The Sister Christian scene in that movie, uh, Alfred Molina? Yes, sir. I find that triggering. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, by the way, a lot of fantasy players you can still, even though it's sort of a low-scoring game, James Cook was the most added player in fantasy football on NFL.com this week. He's taken a bigger part of that offense. It could be a factor in this one. Jets are middle of the pack in points, points against running backs this season. So I think if you are in a desperate need and you're not, you're not apt to play Kyron Williams, who we talked about earlier, James Cook is a pretty nice option. I love that. Another divisional game, a lot of them on the slate this week, the Philadelphia Eagles, the once-beaten top seed in the NFC in New York at MetLife to take on the New York football giants. The line, Eagles favored by six and a half. I think that's fair. Fair. Eagles are on a roll. Giants are struggling. They may have been exposed. Their best days this season seem to be in their rearview mirror, but home games within the division are always different. They're always tricky. New York can be tricky. Will they be tricky? Will they be a tough out for this Jalen Hurts-led Eagles offense? Well, I agree with you. The Philadelphia Eagles are on a roll, but when you're looking at that that number that Las Vegas is putting out there, I have the Eagles winning 24-18 for the reasons that you mentioned. Anytime you have a divisional opponent, you always want to lean towards the home team 
That is the best way to do it. I know the Eagles have been rolling with, you know, playing so well against the Titans and all that stuff. And one of the things that I love about the Eagles is that when they have a matchup that asks them to run the football, like Green Bay a couple of weeks ago, they run for 300 yards. When they have a matchup against the Titans who cannot stop anybody through the air, then Jalen Hurts becomes a pocket passer and they beat you that way. That is the one thing that makes them so impressive. That's why they have just the one loss this season. So we love that. And I'm going to tell you, if you started Devontae Smith last week, great call. That's what we talked about. We wanted to play both those Eagles receivers. This week, we're benching him and still playing A.J. Brown. Don't push your luck, I believe, is the translation there. Next game, again, a divisional matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers are actually coming into this game with slightly better form. Ravens, difficult to anticipate, difficult to predict, and certainly difficult to back at this stage of the season. Lamar not in the game. Steelers on the backs of two straight wins. Do they make this one close? They are, in fact, favored in this game at home by two and a half. Now, that seems to disrespect a Ravens team that is firmly in the playoff picture, but they were smiling in the playoff picture not too long ago. Now that smile is sort of leveled out. It's kind of a horizon, an emotionless (laughs) look right now in they're not exactly mugging for the camera they're desperately trying to stay in the frame what say you who wins it how do they do it that's the emoji with the straight line that's face. exactly what i was trying to come up with thank you you know what they had a i thought for a moment there that the ravens had an opportunity to be the number one seed in the afc based on their schedule alone but now you look at everything that's happening with tyler huntley i got the steelers winning this one 1917 a very low scoring game the Ravens can still find a way to put this together. And I think that Huntley, we'll talk fantasy, of course, every time he starts, he's good for about 40 rushing yards, which is pretty good. A nice safe floor. I would also look at this as a game where you want to start George Pickens. He was out there screaming expletives. And now that means that Mike Tomlin said that he liked that. He's going to end up getting the ball a lot. But based on your 1917 score, should I also consider starting both defensive units in this game? Yeah, the Steelers have been available for a couple of weeks now. I think the luster was off. But once TJ Watt returned, the Steelers were back to playing Steelers football. So I would go ahead and pick him up. Najee Harris, I don't know. I think the, t- I think the touchdown comes through the air. And I'm, and I'm anticipating field goals. I'm seeing it coming through the air. With, uh, with George Pickens. I think he gets into the end zone this week. By the way, Deontay Johnson has 100 targets, no touchdowns. He is just the sixth player since 1992 when, they, when, they, when targets were tracked. The sixth time that this happened in the NFL, it is almost impossible to have that many targets and not a touchdown. He could also be a candidate as well. I find that triggering. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos and AFC West clash, or at least... We would have circled this as a clash before the season. Now it's kind of a mash, kind of a bash, kind of a dash of talent on one side and a huge, giant scoop of disappointment on the other. The Chiefs are favored on the road by nine and a half. Wow, that has to register as just painful to Broncos Nation, but it certainly has to register as appropriate. Who wins this game? How do they do it? Adam Rank. I'm going to say the Chiefs take this one 22 to 12, so that would cover that. Little notion right there. We thought this was going to be one of the best games of the season, and it just hasn't turned out that way. Patrick Mahomes, though, coming off one of his worst games, seemed out of sorts against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that's more that the Bengals have his number more than anything else, and that's fine. But Mahomes has nine consecutive wins over the Broncos, which is tied for the fourth longest active streak in the NFL. The Broncos have lost 13 consecutive games to the Chiefs. So this goes back to Alex Smith and quarterbacks like that. So it seems natural for the Broncos to get a win here. No, I'm kidding. 
The Chiefs have them. Andy Reid owns them. It's going to happen. But 22 to 12 doesn't fill me with a lot of fantasy confidence. Should I expect slightly down days from both Mahomes and Kelsey in this one? I would think so. Uh, that's one of the most disappointing things for me is I have Patrick Mahomes in a win and in situation. Like I need to win my fantasy matchup. I have Mahomes. The reason I have Mahomes is that his floor is so safe. This is one of the unsafest floors of him for the rest of the year. Otherwise, you're going to feel comfortable playing him forward if I do make the playoffs. Another guy, though, that we kind of wrote off. We didn't like Isaiah Pacheco. For whatever reason, he wasn't passing the eye test. But over the last couple of weeks, has been very productive. He's got a tough matchup against the Broncos. This is one of those things where, look, six teams are on a bye. You're not going to have David Montgomery. You're not going to have uh, any of the, the commanders running backs. You're playing Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson. You might have to play Pacheco, but he has proven to be the number one guy for the Chiefs at the running back position. And let's be clear about what Adam Rank is talking about. We didn't love him from a fantasy perspective, but we certainly loved the role that we assumed that he would play, and he's certainly now starting to play that role in this Chiefs offense. Now that combines with some fantasy expectations. Maybe that's an uptick for you guys who have Pacheco out there. Good luck to all of you in fantasy this week, unless, of course, your name is Brian Kamenetsky and you're playing against me. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the San Francisco 49ers. This one is up the road in Santa Clara. The 49ers are favored by three and a half. Storylines dominating this one. Obviously, Tom Brady on the backs of that comeback win on Monday night. Expectations and hopes are high in that one, but that is certainly not a sustainable recipe to wait till that late to get into the game. Four and a half minutes to go. That's not going to work week in and week out. Certainly not against, arguably, statistically, the best defense in the NFL. Now, questions, of course, on the other side have to do with Brock Purdy. He looked pretty purdy that first game. The question is, will he do it again? The question really is, will he have to do it again with all of the weapons that Kyle Shanahan has at his disposal? I don't think Brock Purdy is the story in this one because I don't think he needs to be the story in this one, but that's certainly enough from me. Adam Rank, who wins this game? How do they do it? San Francisco 49ers 20, Buccaneers 16. I am not buying into the notion that every time the Buccaneers win the game, they're like, okay, they're back. They're ready. No, no, no. They've done nothing to earn that respect for us this season. Now, obviously, Tom Brady is the GOAT. They have way too many issues. The way that that game unfolded on Monday night, I was here. I do the NFL game day post and watching it. And you kind of knew once he got that second, you're like, okay, they're going to go and win this game. That's just the way it's going to be. And But you cannot sustain that. The Saints are not the 49ers. The 49ers have been shutting teams down. And you look at how well. Tua Tungabayaloa had been playing before heading there like with Mike McDaniel, somebody who knows that defense as well as anybody. Like there is no way I might not give might not be giving enough respect to the 49ers in this one, but I do think with Brock Purdy, what they're going to do is just have a limited game plan. We've seen it time and time again. Kyle Shanahan has gone out there and won with quarterbacks like Nick Mullins, uh, C.J. Beathard. That's right. All these other quarterbacks. And last year, remember this. The 49ers last year went on the road, and they won at Dallas in the playoffs. They won at Green Bay in the playoffs. They came home to SoFi Stadium, did not win, but played well enough to win. And let's be honest, Jimmy Garoppolo is fine. He's a good quarterback. If I was playing intramurals on the beach and we were deciding who's to start at quarterback, me or Jimmy Garoppolo, I would lean towards Jimmy G. <laughs> the thing is, I think that they can be successful. because they're very magnanimous. Oh, you know what? Like, listen, I got to be honest here. But the thing is... With Christian McCaffrey, who last week had 17 carries and 10 targets, they're going to lean on him. 
watch out fantasy wise. Yes. Go pick up right now, Jordan Mason. Go pick up Jordan Mason. In fact, because if anything happens to CMC and play him over, no, 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 just have him. Just have him. Have him because these are going to for be, your playoff run. Assuming you are a playoff team, you know what? You need to have Christian McCaffrey's handcuff. And number two, watch the game script. They might just run the ball fifty times, and then okay, they're not going to give it to CMC that much. That is a player that could be mixed in, so I would pick him up. I just appreciate that in your Tua anecdote from earlier, you said Mike McDaniel's name correctly. Mike McDaniel, no S. Now, Mike McDaniel's name, possessive, with the S. It's Josh McDaniels with an S. It's Mike McDaniel without an S. Get it right, NFL Nation. My (laughs) God. Next game, Panthers, Seahawks in Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks under the tutelage of Pete Carroll and with the number one completion percentage quarterback in the NFL have climbed their way back into the NFC playoff picture, knocking my commanders out. They are the seven seed currently. They are the home team. They are the favorite by three and a half. Adam Rank, do you agree? Who wins it? How do they do it? I really want to pick the upset for the Panthers. I love it, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks. 26-20. One of the things about Seattle is that they're not great against the top shelf teams. Like we've seen that. They've been exposed when they've got to play some of the better teams yes, they have. in the NFC. They have only faced two teams that currently hold a winning record. And I'm not 100% sure of this. This is over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not 100% they're going to make the playoffs because their schedule gets very tough. There are two more winnable games for them when you look at the next five. And it's against it's this week against the Panthers. And it's the end of the season where they play the Rams one more time, this time in Seattle. These are games that they have to win, which is why I'm picking the Seahawks. They cannot not, they cannot afford to have a letdown here. Fantasy heads up on this one. Maybe it's a heads up on who not to play. Are there any really good options in this game? Oh, let's talk about this. Now, Sam Darnold, you might not necessarily Sorry, play. Sorry, I, I asked for good options. How dare you? As a fan of the San Clemente High School Tritons, <laughs> I find that offensive. But whether Tritons, play- that's a nautical term, is it not? Yes, sir. <laughs> I I uh I have to say, though, one of the things uh, I do like about Sam Darnold is, number one, he doesn't like Tesoro. I don't care for that high school either. They're nice kids now. Years ago. He's got really regional oh, in a hurry. This got so super hyper specific. No if you are not from the Orange, if you're not from South Orange County, like even the North Orange County people are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But here's my thing. Uh, Sam Darnold, you might not be starting him in fantasy, and that's fine. DJ Moore looks like a bona fide number one wide receiver when Sam Darnold is playing. So have no hesitation at all of playing DJ Moore. The final game on Sunday, the night game on NBC, it is the Dolphins against the Chargers across the street at SoFi Stadium. The Dolphins are the road favorite by three. (laughs) Favored by a field goal in this game. It will probably feel like a get-back game for the Miami Dolphins after that rather disappointing loss to the 49ers, as, as Adam mentioned before. But, of course, the Chargers still remain in the hunt. They remain in the conversation, and not just for being one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year, but because they still have everything to play for and playoff hopes remain alive with the Bolts. Do they take one more step to getting into the playoff picture, Adam, or do they take yet another loss to the visiting Dolphins? Who wins it? How? This is such a Chargers situation. I'm going to take the Dolphins 30-28. to 28. I think the Dolphins were served a little humble pie up in San Francisco. Like, everything was going great. Tua Tungabayaloa was looking like an MVP candidate. Everything was good. Tyreek Hill was out there popping off on Twitter. Wait, he's still doing that. Doesn't matter. Um, but they had some injuries on the offensive line, and the 49ers defense exposed them. But at the same time, 
The Chargers defense ranks 30th in scoring, 29th against the rush, just 19th against the pass. I feel like this is a win here. The Chargers schedule, if you look at it right now, their next two games are very difficult where you would almost expect them to lose. Like I would expect they're, they're not favored in this game. They're probably not going to be favored next week, but their final three games are very winnable for them. You would expect in a normal world that the Chargers lose these two, win the final three, finish nine and eight. But what's really going to happen is they win this one, they beat the Titans, and then they lose the final three against the, because that's the Chargers. That's what I should be picking. I, I don't know. Check in on Friday night. I might change my mind. Now I'm officially confused. I don't know. Who I don't know either. Pick? Who are you picking? What's the score? I'm picking the Dolphins 30 to 28. That's right. You did say that somewhere but along if, the way. at some point, if you want to tune in on Friday night to NFL Total Access or anytime over the weekend, you're like, right, switched his pick to the Chargers. Understand that I'm conflicted on this one. And as a fantasy focus, I will just say that Raheem Mostert, listen, the Chargers, I just said it. They're one of the worst against the run. So play both these running backs, and I think it'll be fun. Okay, here's a, here's a question for you. This is a serious question. I am currently number one in my league, but I share the record of eight and five with four other players. I would like to secure the number one seed and a buy in the first round of the playoffs. I have Saquon Barkley as my RB1. Yes, he's at home, but he is facing a Philly team that could do to him what a couple teams have done to him recently and stifle his yards per carry and maybe even keep him out of the end zone. I have Jeff Wilson. I can get Raheem Mostert. There's a part of me that wants to play both of them as RB1 and as a flex. Do you support this? Look at me in my soul. I want you to follow your instincts. You're a man who's been covering the NFL for years now. You know this game as well as anybody. You don't need me to tell you what to do, but I endorse what you're doing. Pick I was up, looking for an endorsement. Thank you. Thank you so Those Dolphins much. running backs. And let me tell you, like last week we saw it. Saquon against that Washington defense, not very good. And I think, again, a little bloom off the rose. Let's do it. If you fail interestingly, is that somehow better than it. failing bo- with uh, boringly? I love it. Listen, is boringly even a word? When people see me... <laughs> On the NFL Network, listen to me on this podcast. And like, Frank's a little out there. He's a little nuts. Yeah, you're never boring. That's, I'll give you that. That's the way that I try to live my life. And if I make some stupid gesture and I get blown up, I will sit there and wear it. I will not make excuses. I will not try to excuse away some guy scoring two touchdowns or anything like that as, a, as ill-advised. I'm going for it. I love the Vikings. Or I love the adult. Don't, don't cut out that part where I said I love the Vikings. Nobody needs it. Okay, it's too late. You'll leave it in. But here's my thing. Dolphins running backs. Let's go. The final game, the Patriots in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Patriots apparently never play on Sundays. It's either Thursdays or Mondays. Why give them a Sunday game? The Patriots are the road favorites by one and a half points. Odds makers expect a close game. The Cynics expect a disappointing game. I do not. Something tells me this is going to be a surprisingly fantastic contest I'm curious if you agree, Adam, who do you see winning this and what do you think the score will be? I am one of those cynics. I had the Patriots winning 20 to 15. I'm going to reevaluate this one now and see like maybe there is some path to entertainment right here. The Patriots are such a mixed bag. Uh, I think we might see them open it up a little bit. Like think about this. We were talking about George Pickens yelling at the sidelines. And of course, Mike Tomlin, who's dealt with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and all these players, love love that energy. And he's probably going to get fed the ball enough. I'm curious as to what happens with Mac Jones, who last week was caught on camera yelling at the coaches, seemingly wanting to open up the offense. Is this going to be an opportunity? Because it could be. The Cardinals are 31st in scoring defense. 
24th against the pass. And if you're thinking, well, what about for my fantasy team? Jacoby Meyer might have a little bit of a bounce back game. But here's my thing. I still think it's going to be low scoring. I still like the New England Patriots. So that is going to be my pick. Patriots, I'm starting them on defense. Is there any? Is there Love anybody it. else in fantasy that you have to play in this game? I don't know that you have to play him. I would just beware of starting James Conner because he's very touchdown dependent, which is fine. I, I appreciate touchdowns. I like touchdowns. But I don't like the matchup against the Patriots. If you had somebody else, I don't know who it would be. Ezekiel Elliott, somebody in that nature. I would go ahead and play him and uh, roll that way. I want to thank today's special guest, Adam Rank, for his picks, his predictions, and his fantasy advice and his endorsement of my potentially foolish play to put both Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert in my starting lineup. But time will tell. I also want to thank NFL schedule makers for giving Adam a week off from having to pick the Chicago Bears. Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Bear down still, but it's okay. But I listen, now I have a chance to actually be perfect. Good luck in fantasy, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50. And it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Turning now to another very special player, but we have bad news about that special player. The topic is injury. The player is Von Miller. The concern is this. The Buffalo Bills are weaker now without him. Torn ACL, he is out for the season. I hurt for him. 
for his family. That was a that was a bold move that he made to a place that he didn't love. He got to Buffalo and he thought, really, do I want to be here? Do I want to be cold? <laughs> yeah. He was convinced and seduced by the feeling around that team, right? The brotherhood, yeah. the fellowship, the, the, the all-in, the buy-in. He thought, this is my next Super Bowl run, and we had every reason to believe that it would be. It still may happen for his team, but it's not going to happen for him. Willie, how nervous should Bill's fans be today? You know it hurts. You, lo- you lose one of your best players yeah. and a guy who impacted defense. I would say it's going to be – there's a lot of production that's going to be missed. I mean, he had eight sacks. I think that's yeah. almost half than all the other guys got combined. He was leading the team. He was leading that, yeah. the team, mm-hmm. yeah. And when you got – when you can make an impact like that to free up so many other guys and get other guys going, and you know when there's a big play. We said this at the beginning of the season. Remember this? Fourth quarter, we looked at the sacks. When did most of his sacks come? Late. Or situations? Late. Late when you needed them to. Right. Who's that guy now? Oh, and they've got talent across the board. Yes, they do. But there's not one guy that consistently you can say he's going to be what Von Miller was. So whether it's Greg Rousseau, whether it's Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, uh, Espinosa now who has to come in. Um, they got to do it collectively. I, I'm not going to say they can't because they're good enough to do it collectively. But what you had from Vaughn made so many other guys better and it freed up other guys. So now it, it's a different dynamic up front. It certainly is. And MJ, I think that sound that we just heard is the collective sigh of relief, not joy, Nobody's happy Mm-mm. that anybody gets hurt. Right. But a little collective sigh of relief from guys like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, your guy, Tua Tungavailoa. Mm-hmm. It does make it more difficult for the Buffalo Bills. Does it level the playing field a little bit this week when the Jets take on the Bills mm. at Highmark Stadium? Do you believe in Mike White? Do you believe in this team? They had three chances to beat the Vikings late, which creates very different narratives mm. this week in the lead-up to that game. Are the Bills in for some potential trouble this week against the Jets? Well, I think it's one less thing that Mike White has to worry yes, it is. about. Yes, that's it is. for right. sure. But on the other side of that, the Bills offense still has to worry about that Jets defense. Yes, they do. And, and that's, that's going to be the biggest, the biggest task, I think, of the day. Um, I think that for, for the Jets here, they have an opportunity to once again beat a division rival. And at this point in the season, the Bills need division wins and they're facing pretty much the rest of the year it's all interdivision guys i think they only have like one or two more games that are not in the afc east um left on the schedule and that's gonna be really telling because we thought at this point that the bills were going to be firmly set at the top of the playoff picture and it keeps shifting back and forth between them and the fence so that's been by default they're, yeah. it, they're they're not in the top c because they've been winning correct it's because teams lost correct mm-hmm. and the team that Baltimore played, lost, Tennessee lost, right. the Chiefs lost. And yeah. Miami lost. Yes. So yeah. right. exactly. even if you look right now in the playoff race, guess who's in the playoffs? They're, the Jets. Aren't they in the seventh seed? They are the seventh seed as they're it stands. In the playoffs right as right it now. stands. So mm-hmm. they got a lot to play for. So they're yeah. not going to lay down to the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Interestingly enough, you're absolutely right, Willie. They are sitting there at seven, right there in the Catbird seat. Yeah. Um, Miami at six. Three mm-hmm. AFC East teams in the playoff frame. The first team on the outside looking in, your New England Patriots sitting there at eight. That brings me to my next question. Who is the most dangerous team not in the playoff picture? Let's do both conferences very quickly, but let's start where we just left off in the AFC. Right now at 8, it's your Patriots. At 9, it's the Chargers. At 6 and 6, the Patriots, of course, also 6 and 6. 5 and 7. The Las Vegas Raiders, out Mm -hmm. of the blue and into the black, as Neil Young said. (laughs) They are 5 and 7, two straight wins. 
they're starting to make some people nervous. You look further down, and of course, it's the Browns, the Steelers, the Colts, the Jags. You can the stop Broncos, there. And the Texans. Yeah, 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 you can yeah, stop yeah. there. It stopped a long time ago. So yeah. who is the most dangerous team that you have just heard? Teams not in the playoff picture, but could fight their way in. I know the Patriots are knocking at the door, but I don't think they're as explosive enough offensively to get in. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Raiders. I think the Raiders are on a three-game run. I think that they are showing that they are who we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Firepower. The defense is finally starting to step up and, and play at a better level, getting after the quarterback and playing the run game. So I would say the Raiders right now is a team that is, is, is scary, but they still need some help to yeah. get in the playoffs as well. Why? Raiders play the Rams. I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. MJ, but let me give you the remaining schedule to see if you agree. They play the Rams, of course, tomorrow Who's across the, the street at SoFi. They have every reason to believe that they should and mm-hmm. will win that game. Time will tell, obviously. The next week they take on Willie's Patriots at home back in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Then it's the Steelers away, the Niners at home. That's a tough one. And they finish with the, the Chiefs. Chiefs at home. Now, the Chiefs, by the look of it and by the sound of it, will still have something to play for. I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys rested no. in week 17 and 18 of this NFL season. Do you think Willie's right? Is it the Raiders? Are they the most dangerous team on the outside looking in in your AFC? My initial gut reaction was Raiders, but I was staring at the same thing you were at the rest of that schedule, and that is rough. That is, the Steelers have gotten going. Yeah, they have. Pickett is good. Watt is back. And Tomlin has sights set on not having a losing season. season. The Patriots, as we know, you cannot ever Ever, and they've gotten better as well. But I think Willie makes a good point. Explosiveness on offense may be their Achilles heel. That may be the thing yep. that keeps them just outside the club. Yep. So your answer I isn't still, really on the table. You kind of don't have one. But they are. If you have to, if you look at the rest of the Are you saying the Chargers? The is that what you're saying by not saying it? Are you saying the Chargers? No, I'm Why not. Why do we always <laughs> want to say the Chargers but, but, really, but not really not believe? Really I can't But not really it. believe. It's true. It's true. As we talented as they are. I picked I them to go to the AFC I Championship. You were jumping up that defense all oh, season. Man. And you were right. And then what happened? I don't know. Kickoff happened. I can't. The Raiders are the only one that I would circle right now. Are the Browns five and they're, seven? Yeah, they're, they're the 11 seed, five, five and seven. And seven. What yeah. if Deshaun Watson just go, gets going? We know he starts, it, it was a slow start. Yes, sir. What if he just gets going? Well, then, Plausible. Told, they become very, very dangerous, and that is certainly a That's team true. to circle. I think it's possible, though, that we can infer from what Willie and MJ just said and the way that they said it that the AFC playoff picture as it stands right now, not necessarily in this order, but with these teams, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Bengals, Dolphins, and Jets will be exactly what we see at the end of the season in some form or fashion. Quickly over to the NFC before I let you go. Who is the most dangerous team not in the playoff picture? Who is most likely to play their way in to the playoff picture? Here are your 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 seeds. Commanders, Lions, Packers, Falcons, Cardinals. Man, you start to disbelieve that list very early on. I know. Do you believe any of those teams are dangerous enough to fight their way in. I think the Commanders would have the best shot. The Commanders, and I think Detroit is just surprising a lot of people. And they're on a run as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their remaining schedule is, but I don't think they care. I I just think whoever they line up against, they're going to give it all they got, and they're going to fight and play hard. So... You can't count them out. No, you can't. And let me tell you their remaining schedule. Interestingly enough, they have a home game this week against the number two overall seed in the NFC, Minnesota Vikings. Who's favored in that game? 
the Lions. Yes. They then go on the road to take on the Jets. We'll get a better sense of what the Jets Ooh. are after this week's game against the Bills. Then they are on the road to take on the Panthers, a very winnable game. They're back home to play the Bears, a game they expect to win. And then they go on the road to play a Packers team that may not have Aaron Rodgers in the lineup anymore. I'm starting to buy what Willie is selling. I'm starting to get afraid of the Lions, especially if you're sitting in the six or seven hole in the NFC, which is currently occupied by the Giants and the Seahawks. Does that hold any water with you, MJ? Do you like that argument? I think so. I, I, honestly, that's the only team right now that I would circle who could jump up um, and, and spoil somebody's playoff vision. The Commanders is interesting. Um, what Taylor Heineke is doing, they got one of the better defenses. They can run the ball. And it seems like Heineke just wills his team. Mm -hmm. He just wills that offense. He just makes play He's after play that locker room after too. play. Right. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care how he does it. He's you know he's flexing. He's jumping up and down. Like you can see him doing all the things that Good. makes you excited. For a defensive guy, I would get up and go walk to the sideline to watch him when they're out there on the field. That's what Michael Robinson calls a passion player, right? Yeah. yeah. Passion runner, a passion quarterback, a guy that no the defense gets up to watch. Willie, I love that assessment of Taylor Heineke, but I would say this as a Commanders fan. I liken them to your Patriots for the reason that you worry about your Patriots. Mm. I like the grit. I like the guts, and I like the, the attitude, but I think ultimately they do lack the explosiveness on the offensive side to really push their way in the door against the teams that are above them. Now, I find the Giants to be entirely unbelievable, and I think the next two or three weeks will prove that. But I think not my commanders, but instead the Detroit Lions. There really we go. like your argument. We got I a story. your argument. You've got a sale. Sold. <laughs> I want to thank today's special guests, MJ Acosta-Ruiz and Willie McGinnis. Please join us tomorrow for a very special day of interviews. We will hear from Hall of Famer Joe Montana talking about Brock Purdy up there in San Francisco. We will hear Tyler Lockett talking about that current seven seed Seattle Seahawks. Doubt them at your own peril. Find out why when you hear Mr. Lockett. And we will hear from a source of great inspiration and great pride for me that he is a member of this NFL family, Ryan Shazier, tomorrow on the podcast. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more.